Doing good. That's good. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, guys, guess what? Um, we, last Sunday was our Sunday, Sunday experience. How many did you guys enjoy last week? We gave away ice cream, and, and we had like ice cream Sundays after Sunday because we kicked off two services last week. I, I got to tell you, um, last week we had record attendance um, at the church last week. Come on, guys. That's awesome. Let's praise God for that. Isn't that amazing? Everybody's inviting people, and, and we filled the place up twice, and it was absolutely amazing. And so, anyhow, it was, it was fantastic, and um, I, I got to say, I really, really enjoyed it last week. I thought it was a wonderful, wonderful time. So we are in a series called Stranger Things. But before we get into the, to my message, I got two quick announcements. Number one is this, is that we have our Connect class coming up. So Connect class is coming up November 10th. It's going to be right after the second service. We'll have lunch provided, and we'll have child care and all that other stuff going on. And so, you know, help us out. Just if you want to get connected, if you're new here, um, and you want to take your next step, just help us register real quick online so we get enough food. Um, we'll always order a little bit extra. So if you forget to register, don't worry, you can still come. But if you think about it, click it off, make sure we got enough food to cover everyone um, that's there. And then the second one is this, is we have love and laughter. Where are my ladies at? That's right, all four of you. There's a, love, there's a ladies event. There's way more ladies than there was cheers, I'm just going to say. But the, the ladies event is coming up. And, uh, and anyhow, they do this about once a quarter, and it is always phenomenal. I always hear tons of great stories coming back from, from everyone who, who is part of it. It's part of it. And so uh, if you're new here with us, if you're visiting with us this morning, I'd love to get connected. The first real step to that is texting into our office. If you text guest in, it's a quick little hello card you can fill out. And we like to make new friends, so I'd like to be friends with you as well. And then if you came prepared today to give, um, you can do the, this is also a time where we can do giving. And so you can text giving in on the electronic system. You can go to our website, or if you prefer analog, you can do checks and cash on the drop boxes on the way back, um, on the way out today uh, as well. So here we go. We are in the middle of a series called Stranger Things. And Stranger Things is a TV show that's kind of set in the 80s. How many of you guys have seen the, any part of the TV show, Stranger Things? Yeah, okay, there's a lot of hands in the room. I, I gotta, you don't have to have seen the TV show to understand what's going on in, in the sermon series, but I want to give you a quick little recap of what's happening in the show. And, and so this show, it's multiple seasons now. They're about to launch into season number four. But it's set in the 80s, and so it's in the, in the 1980s, and, and uh, these kids are, are being kids uh, out in the neighborhood, and, and uh, one of them gets abducted, and he disappears, and they don't know where it's at. And, and it starts this whole rescue mission of, of Will, who got lost. Will and his, his friends and Will's mom are trying to find him, and it's this giant rescue mission. It's kind of fun to watch for me because um, as, as in the 80s, I remember being a kid in the 80s. And I remember back in the 80s how um, if you were a kid, you could just get on your bike and just like ride around the neighborhood and nobody was worried about it. You remember that? Yeah. And like my rule was, you go, yeah, just when the streetlights come on, you can come home. I mean, think about it. If a bad guy abducted me, he would have hours before anybody would ever even notice. I mean, today we have GPS watches strapped onto our kids, and you got to text me every 30 minutes and let me know where you're at. And, and we, we, yeah, all the parents are like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, I don't know if, 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 uh, if the world has gotten more dangerous or we just know more about it because we're so well connected these days, right? Has it gotten worse or is it getting better. I, I don't really know, but I remember in the 80s, we just were able to disappear for hours on end on our bikes and, and do all kinds of, of fun stuff, and, and this show was kind of set in that time frame, so the kids are riding their bikes around from house to house to house, and you're trying to find little Johnny, you're calling from your landline to, you know, all these different kids' parents' house, trying to find which house they're at, and who's seen them last, and, and it's kind of this fun, fun show that, that I really enjoy, and, and, and part of the show is this, is that there is a 
right side up and an upside down. There is an alternate universe that's happening. And so what happens is when Will gets abducted, it's like he's still there in some ways and they can't figure it out. It's almost like there's another realm or dimension that is beyond what their natural eyes and ears and, and their natural senses can, can understand. And, and so it's like there's almost like this additional realm, an additional realm. How many of you guys know that's probably uh, how most of the world operates right now, right? We can live in this world here and now with what we can see and feel and touch, but there's a spiritual realm to what's going on around us. There's a spiritual atmosphere that's happening all around us. Some people don't see it or acknowledge it, but we know it's true that there is a spiritual war and a spiritual thing that is happening. It's almost like there's a, another dimension around us. And so there's a supernatural aspect of the story, story that is so much fun. And, and, and for me, I, I, it's a little bit spooky too. So if you like spooky... I, I kind of like spooky, but Amber will tell you that um, lots of, like, me hiding behind my pillow on the couch as I watch it, because <laughs> I'm such a chicken. <laughs> and so I want to identify this, this thing. There's, like, this right side up and upside down side of the story that, that I kind of want to bring the, to the surface, because today we're going to look at something that has um, these two opposite things, but how they correlate together. There's two opposite things that, that ultimately are tied together on the same principle. In fact, we see it all the time in our world. People want to talk about certain things, but they don't want to talk about the opposites, right? Everybody wants to talk about heaven, but nobody wants to talk about hell. Oh, oh, hey, oh pastor, you're getting dark today. Yeah, 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 I am. Don't worry. It'll get even crazier. And so, you know, uh, but we, want to, we want to talk about heaven, but we don't want to talk about hell. We, we, want, to, we want to talk about blessings, but, but we don't want to talk about curses. Like we want to talk about all the good stuff, but none of the bad stuff. Yeah, God's out there, but, but not Satan. Oh my goodness, that couldn't be the case. All these ups and these downs and these, these ins and these outs and these, these opposite things. And when we read the Bible, you, you'll discover that, that all these things are ultimately anchored on these common points of interest. It's fascinating. It really is. And so today we're going to be talking about blessing and cursing. So I got to start with this, is that an angel appears and says, I'll grant you whichever three blessings you you." And you get to choose. You can be blessed with wisdom. You can be blessed with beauty. Or you can be blessed with $10 million. The guy can't decide. He's not sure what to pick. He thinks about it for a minute and says, I choose to be blessed with wisdom. Bang, lightning bolt, thunder sounds. The angel does something. And, and all of a sudden he sits down and puts his, his head in his hands. And his friends are looking at him. He's like, you've been blessed with wisdom. It's like, say something wise. <laughs> ah, I should have taken the money. <laughs> I heard about this priest who performed a baptism on an airplane. It was a blessing in disguise. And I'm done. Yeah, that's all I got. Living life in the upside down. There is a light and a dark in this TV show. And there is a light and dark in the world that we live in. There's a light and the dark everywhere that we go. There's these opposites. And, and, and if you don't have one, you don't have the other. You need the contrast. If you don't have the dark, you wouldn't know what light was. If you didn't know what light was, you wouldn't know what the dark was. If you didn't know what evil was, then you wouldn't know what good was. There has to be the contrast of the two to be able to, to see it. And the Bible talks about a specific spiritual war that's happening between light and dark. And it's happening all around us all the time. There's opposite things that seem to correlate together. And there's opposite seems things that, that will correspond in the Bible. So today we're going to start at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 
verses 3 and 4. It says, Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons, are not the weapons of the world. We have divine power to demolish strongholds. You can't fight your fears with fists. Right? You can't fight your fears with fists. When you're afraid of something, your fears are things that come at you. You can't just punch it. You can't just shoot it. You can't just run away from it because it's there with you all the time. We talk about winning the battle versus winning the war. There's a passage in Scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 28. That's where we're going to spend most of our time this morning is in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And in that chapter, Moses is, is teaching the people of Israel, and he's, he's writing this down, and he's talking about the blessings and the curses. And he's talking about how you can find blessing in some way and cursing in another. And, and it's so fascinating to read through this thing. And so if you, if you open your Bibles there, you can find it. If not, I have it on the screen for you. And Deuteronomy chapter 28 says this, And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. There is a reality in spirituality. There is a reality in spirituality. There is something that is going on in the spirit world that we oftentimes can't see with our natural eyes. Now this chapter starts off talking about the blessings and then finishes with the curses. But I'm going to flip it today. We're going to talk about the curses side first and then go back to the blessings because I want to leave you on a high note because you know, I'm a pastor. I don't want you to walk out on the low note. <laughs> so here we go. There's reality and spirituality. Curses. It's interesting. You look at, if you look at the, the first verse, it sets up the chapter and this next section of verses that go all the way through. But if you jump ahead to Deuteronomy 28.15, it says this, but if you will not obey the voice of your Lord, your God, or be careful to do all of his commandments and his statutes that I commanded you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Curses start with this disobedience. Curses start with disobedience. It says in here that the Lord has given commandments, and when we disobey, then the curses are coming after us. It says that they're going to overtake you. They're going to chase you down. I don't know about you, but I don't want curses chasing me around. You ever felt like something's been chasing you? You ever been in a situation where you just can't seem to find a break? Where you're like, I'm, I'm, I, like your finances just can't seem to get the break or, or the relationships just can't seem to get the break. Your marriage is, is, is struggling. You're working on it. You're trying to get better, but you just can't seem to catch a break. Maybe your peace is, is at war. Maybe your joy is at war. Maybe your fulfillment and your satisfaction is, is, is in the battle and it's in a war. Do you have a curse that's chasing you? I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Deuteronomy 28, 64. And it says, The Lord will scatter you among all peoples, from one end of the earth to the other, and there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone, which neither you nor your fathers have known. So curses will steal your purpose. Curses will steal your purpose. They start with disobedience, but then they will steal your purpose, they will derail the path that God has for you. you. You will jump off of what he's got for you in your life. And not to say that you can't get back, but, but, but when you jump off, it starts to derail the purpose in your life. It's interesting. So you can even be doing the work of God and miss the will of God sometimes. You can be doing the will of God and miss the will of God sometimes. You know, if you've jumped off the path and, and you've found yourself derailed, 
I want to tell you that, that God is so good that he will get you back on track again with the purpose that he has for your life. It's just like that GPS the other day. I missed a turn. I didn't know which way to go to turn, take the next right. But there was like the little right and the big right, and I wasn't sure. And I took the wrong right. And I thought, man, now I'm off on the, the wrong path of where I need to be. The voice comes on the speakers and says, rerouting. It says rerouting. And, and it reroutes me and gets me back onto the path that I needed to be on to reach my destination. Listen, you might have derailed something. You might have fallen off of the purpose of what God has in your life, but God is so good that he will just help reroute you back into the plans that he has for you. You can get back in track with God. Just because you make a misstep doesn't mean you are off the track forever. It's not a high wire. The will of God and the purposes of God for your life are not a high wire that if you make a mistake, you fall off and you'll never get back up again. It's a rerouting process that God will take you to. It might take you a little longer to get there, you might spend a little more gas. You might take a little bit more time. You might be a little bit frustrated with yourself. But God will get you back on track. Deuteronomy 28.64 says this, And the Lord will scatter you among all peoples, from one end of the earth to the other, and there you shall serve other... Wait, I did that one, didn't I? I did that one. Deuteronomy 28.68 and the Lord will bring you back in ships to Egypt, a journey that I promised you should never make again. And there you shall offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but there will be no buyer. Number three is this, is curses will take your inheritance. Curses will take your inheritance. God says this, you will offer yourselves as slaves. God has said, I will free you from slavery, but you are going to offer yourself back as slaves. And a slave doesn't get an inheritance. A slave is owned by somebody. You know what's interesting is, is in today's modern age of, of, of our culture, slavery is one of those things where we picture, at least I do, I picture someone abducting someone against their will, putting them in chains, and then enslaving them to work someplace. There's a dark chapter in our country's history where we had slaves working in fields. It's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing, but that's what I picture. In today's day and age, I actually picture some of the, 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 the sex trafficking and, and, and that, sla that sex slave industry that's even going on right now inside of our own country that, that companies and organizations are working hard to fight against. And, and you just think that it's somebody who's against their will getting drugged into something. But back in the day when they were writing this, there were some different things going on. There were actually different types of slavery that was happening. You could offer yourself as a slave. Well, why would you do that? Because they didn't have welfare. They didn't have programs. They didn't have a, a government structure to support people. If you couldn't eat and couldn't take care of yourself and couldn't put a roof over your head, you would starve to death. But if you offered yourself as a slave, you could live in your slave master's house, maybe in a guest house or whatever kind of outbuilding they had. You would work for them, but they put a roof over their head and they put food into your belly. If you had no other way to provide for yourself, you could offer yourself into that kind of slavery. The other kind of slavery that you would see is, is people would owe, would owe enough debt to somebody that they couldn't make the payments back to the person. And so they would take them in and, and as a slave to repay the debt that they owed. You know, if you go to a restaurant and can't pay the bill, they might have you in the back washing dishes. Same concept, but bigger. They didn't have bankruptcy laws where you could sign some papers and walk away. You know, they had different types of slavery. Then those aren't the only types, but there's different types of slavery. They would go back and say, I will offer myself as a slave. Basically saying that my family can't provide for me. My heavenly father has abandoned me. It's a complete rejection of God if they were to do that. They would say that I am abandoning everything that God has promised over my life. 
It's so interesting how a little bit of disobedience can snowball into bigger disobedience and bigger disobedience and bigger disobedience. And over time, as you start to reject everything that God has done for you in life, as you start to, to walk away from what he has done for you, you start to see how, how the, the, the cycle starts to get deeper and deeper and deeper. And then eventually you're a slave to something that you don't want to be a slave to anymore. Eventually there's something in your life that owns you instead of you being free from it. Sometimes we get enslaved to a pattern of sin in our life. And this pattern of sin, you don't want to do this anymore, but you find yourself doing it again. Listen, I know that Jesus came to set you free. And it says that who he has set free is free indeed. And God wants to set you free today. God can break the curses off of your life. You don't have to live in the cycle of curses anymore. But just like there is reality in curses, there is a reality in blessings too. Can I get an amen? Right? Like, okay, we're done with the, the curses. Let's, let's move on to the lighthearted blessings. Because the blessings of God are stuff that we love to talk about, isn't it? We love to talk about, oh yeah, the blessings of God. I feel blessed. I got favor. I want the favor of the Lord. But blessings do this. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 and 2, where we started off. It says that, that, and if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all of his commandments that I commanded you today... The Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth, and these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So blessings start when we obey. They start with obedience. They start with obeying. It's interesting how the blessings and the curses both start on the same principle. Obedience and disobedience to what God is calling you to do is where you find the, the starting place of, of curses and blessings. So if you obey all blessings, blessings will chase you down. Blessings will follow you. Your obedience will trigger what will follow you. I don't know about you, but if I got something chasing me down, I want blessings chasing me down, not curses chasing me down. Right? Like, like I, if I look and say, I don't want curses chasing me down. If you were the person who's always fighting off the curses in your life and, and you find yourself always fighting against something to keep it off of you, I want to tell you that, that when you submit your life to God and when you, when you do it, now there are spiritual warfare that isn't connected to your obedience necessarily, but, but, it, but I want to tell you that if you want the blessings of God in your life, you start to find yourself chasing after obeying God and what God's commands are in your life. When you pursue that, the blessings start pursuing you. When you pursue that, the blessings start to pursue you. What do you have following you? What do you want following you? Deuteronomy 28, 9 through 10, it says that the Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself, as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. Blessings will magnify your purpose. Blessings will magnify your purpose. I know you might think, well, I don't know if I want everybody afraid of me. I think I'd rather have them just like me. Like, can we just be friends? Like, I don't have to, like, fight you or anything. Like, why would you be afraid of me? See, in the day of this time, other countries would attack other countries and try to conquer them, and they would kill them and just wipe them off the face of the earth. And so in that time, a healthy fear from the other countries and other people groups around them was a good thing. It meant survival. It meant that they were protected. It meant that there was something around them protecting them from the attack of those around them. That's what, it, that's what it was meaning. And so it magnifies your purpose. The Lord will establish you as his holy people if you keep his commands. And all the people will see that you are called by the name of the Lord. 
if you keep going in verse 12, it says that the Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your land and in its season and to bless all of the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. I like how God works in multiplication instead of addition. You know, he didn't, he's multiplying the blessings. He's, he's bringing this. In fact, it says that blessings will multiply your inheritance. The Lord opens the heavens and the storehouse of his bounty to send rain on your land. You will lend to many nations, but you will borrow from none. Lend from many nations and borrow from none. You know, I, I, I have this group of friends, and um, I affectionately call them the Millionaires Club when I'm not around them. Because it would be awkward if I called them that when I was there. But there's these friends that, that I, I stumbled into this group of people. And there's a co- they meet for coffee at the same time at the same place. And I somehow stumbled into this group. I don't know how. But they call me preacher. And so I'm the preacher of the group. And when, I, when they, they start, ta- their conversation veers to maybe something a little uh, um, less upright. They go, hold on, hold on, preacher's here. We've got we to gotta pull it back, you know. So for some reason, I feel like I might be the moral compass that helps them from time to time. But, but I got to tell you, when you hang around people who are advanced in certain areas of life, they start to have wisdom in those areas that you can glean from, that you can glean from. When, when, when I was hanging around this group, there, there was this conversation that happened a few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago. And, and, and these guys, are, they own contracting companies and real estate companies and, and other kinds of businesses that they own. They're all very successful in their field. Very wealthy individuals. I don't know how I got into this circle. And, and so I get into this circle. And a few weeks ago, they, they, this thing happens. This guy says this. He says, well, the indicator of your financial direction is found in the interest. What? The financial of your, of the, the future of your financial situation, financial direction is found in the interest. Are you paying interest out or are you receiving interest in? I was like, okay. He's, and I was like, well, break that down. What are you talking about? And, and, and this guy proceeds to explain that, well, add it up. How much interest every month are you paying on your mortgage? Or, okay, how much interest are you paying on your car payment? How much interest are you paying on this? Do you have a credit card balance? What's the interest on your credit card balance? Add up the interest that you're paying out every month. And now add up the interest that other people are paying you every month. What's the difference? And I just thought about that for a minute. It's like so many of us live in this area where we're paying out so much interest out, but we're not getting interest in off of investments. This is, what, this is what the Lord is saying here. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. The interest is in your favor. You're not borrowing from anyone. You're not paying interest out everyone, but everyone else is paying interest into you. You will have a financial blessing inside of, your, of, of your nation, the nation of Israel that will, will be something that people can reckon with. Where's the interest in your life? Maybe not financially, but but where, where are you investing in, in relationships? Maybe, maybe it is financially. Maybe it's something you need to look at. What is the area of your life? And, and where is the, your inheritance in, in your life? You know, what's funny is, is, is just like I have my millionaires club, they can speak wisdom into the areas of finance. Just a couple weeks ago, one of them, extremely wealthy man, is going through a divorce. He's coming to me asking me for advice on how to have a healthy marriage. I got to tell you, if you're young and married, newly married, your marriage is in trouble, you're struggling, maybe it's not even in trouble. Maybe you're just having a little bit of a, a, the doldrums in your relationship where the wind isn't blowing, the passion isn't there. Are you surrounding yourself with people 
who can help you get through that. It might be good to go find somebody who's a few steps ahead of you, invite them over for dinner, take them out to dinner and pay the bill, if you will, and ask them a couple questions and then shut up and listen. And the amount of wisdom that will flow out of their mouth will be incredible. Where, 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 where are you currently struggling and where do you need to find wisdom? The Proverbs talks all the time about finding wisdom wherever you can find it. Pay the price. Get it how you have to get it. Do what you have to do. Maybe you need to buy dinner for somebody out at a nice restaurant and say, I got to ask you some questions about your marriage. How do you keep it alive? How have you been so successful? Because I got to know. They will start to tell you about it. How are you being successful here? How do you manage your money? How, how, how has God blessed you? It just seems like favor is chasing you down in your business dealings. What's the deal with that? Talk to me. He'll start to tell you. This is what I do. This is how it happens. This is how God gives me insight. Go find people that are in these veins of area and find, reason, find, find wisdom in those places. In Numbers, that wasn't in my notes, just for the record. My dad used to say it was free. My dad was a pastor here for 25 years. And he would say, if it's in the notes, you paid for it. But, but if it's not in the notes, then, then it was free. So it's free. Free 99. Got to love that. There's a story in the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 23, and, and, and Balaam is a, a prophet of God. And Balaam has a donkey, and if you read this story, in the story, his donkey talks to him. Like, kind of weird. That might make it into a sermon a little bit later. But, but, uh, but Numbers chapter 23, the, the king is having an uprising. The people are coming against him. There's a, a group of people forming, and he calls on Balaam and says, hey, will you come? You're the spiritual leader. Will you come and curse these people and get them off of my, get, get them away, get rid of them. So Balaam, long story, Balaam eventually gets there and decides, okay, I'll go out there and do it. And so he walks out to address the people with intentions of casting curses onto people and, and out of his mouth, the blessings come out. Blessings, blessings, blessings. And he's like, I don't know what happened. He goes back in, tells the king, I don't know what happened. King says, do it again. He goes back out with intention to cast curses on the people and nothing but blessings come out. Over and over and over and over again. Listen, I am telling you that no one can curse what God has blessed. No one can curse what God has blessed. If, if God truly is, if Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, if God is the ultimate authority in this life, nobody beneath God can undo what God has done. Nobody beneath God can undo what God has done because God is in charge. He is the ultimate authority. When you are living under the covering of God, no man can stand against you. No devil can touch you. No man can stand against you. No devil can touch you. I'm going to tell you that there's some blessings in our life that I know that God has, called, has, has given to you and I. If you're a follower of Jesus, he has given you and I some blessings. And so there's some blessings that you can find all through Scripture, but I want to highlight a few of them. And I want to tell you that, that these are some good, good blessings. Listen, it says in, in Ephesians chapter 1 that an, accept, an acceptance that can never be questioned. An acceptance that can never be questioned. God has accepted you, and nothing you can do can undo that. And 1 Peter says an inheritance that can never be lost. In 2 Corinthians, it says that a deliverance that can never be undone, a grace that can never be limited, a hope that can never be disappointed, and a bounty that can never be withdrawn, a nearness to God that can never be reversed. A peace that can never be disturbed. A righteousness that can never be tarnished. And a salvation that can never be canceled. I'm telling you, there are some blessings from God when you start to follow and obey. And, and there's a whole slew of blessings that God brings and, as a package deal. 
towards the end of this section of scripture, Moses is wrapping it up. And in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, if you fast forward, Moses is addressing the people. He says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. There's more at play than just you. You're setting up the next generation. You're setting up your kids. You're setting up your kids' kids when when you start to obey the Lord and start to to follow him through. One of the the circles of people that that, um, I went and sought wisdom for from was when we were first having kids. Amber was pregnant with our first child and I was serving as a youth pastor. And and, um, and we made a list of the the kids that were, we thought, oh man, if our kids could could kind of like be like these kids, then man, we'd be pretty good company. And we thought, man, these kids, they love God. They, they're in a good spot in life. And are they perfect? No, but, but we still thought, man, if our kids can be in that category, at least. So I went and met with them. I met with, with parents one-on-one. And, and, and some of those parents are even here today. And, and I met one-on-one and I said, what'd you do? I love where your kids are at. What'd you do? Sought wisdom, sought counsel. They all shared their secrets, their insights. And if you're a new parent, go find someone who's a few steps ahead of you and say, I like where your kids are at. How'd you get them there? They're a few steps ahead. The blessings and the curses aren't, this isn't just you, it's about your kids. What are you doing for that, for the next generation? The blessing and curses are there. So I implore you today to choose life. I implore you to to seek the Lord and follow his commandments. What might he be leading you to do. Some of the stuff's easy. You read the Bible and you can easily see some of the stuff. Some of it's, do I go right or left? And are you listening to the voice of the Lord? Are you seeking him? Today, I beg you and I implore you, choose life. Choose life. And in that, you're choosing blessings. Choose obedience. Will you bow your heads? Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now that everyone here in the room, that you would help us to choose life. Help us to choose obedience. God, God, I know that you've asked us to do things and sometimes we're reluctant and sometimes we struggle, but God, give us the strength to choose the path that you've set before us. God, not just for us, but for our kids and our kids' kids. You know, this morning you might be here and, and maybe you've drifted from God. Maybe you just never made the decision to follow Jesus. Today is your day to come back to him. Today is your day to choose life and to choose to follow him. God, I, I just pray for those in the room this morning that, that that's where they might be at, God, that, that you would just stir their heart. Just right where they're at, that you would just impress on their spirit that you are calling them home. God's not mad. He's not angry. He's there with his arms wide open. No matter how far you think you've drifted, God is right there, ready to bring you back into the family. God, we just pray for everyone here this morning, whether they're close to God or far from God, that you would just be drawing them into you. You know, if you're here this morning and today's the day you need to make that decision, I want to lead you in a prayer to help you make that decision. 
And so what we're going to do is those of us who are believers, we're going to just support them and pray with them. But those of you who are making the decision to follow Jesus, just join along with us and just mean it with your heart. You just follow after me. Dear Jesus, I give my life to you. I choose to follow you and make you the Lord of my life. Help me to follow you all of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate those who made a decision to follow Jesus. And will you guys stand with me? Let's sing one last song before we take off today. There is no higher, no.